It's All Hallows' Eve, and in the office of Private Eye Dash Malone, Sal McGill and Cindy Crenshaw settle in for their friend's annual tradition, whether they like it or not. You know what I love best about Halloween? Everyone's as drunk as you are. The guys in toga costumes? Well, I do love a good toga, but no, nothing like that. The thing I love best about Halloween is... Oh, no. We shouldn't have asked. That's right. You guessed it. It's the spooky stories. And as a matter of fact... He does this every oh, Halloween. we should have seen this coming. I've got one right here. Is it by someone named Margaret Mitchell? And did they make a terrible movie out of it that goes on for days and days? What movie? Don't ask, pal. That's a horror story in itself. Yes, it is. But it's not as good as this. This one here, it's a classic. <sighs> I'll get comfortable. Did we eat all the candy? Here you go. It's called The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Poe? Oh, come on. Edgar Allan Poe. He's only the master of all things macabre and mysterious. He's only, Sal. He's only. In fact... Did you know he's considered the father of the detective story? Is this a detective story? No. It's a supernatural narrative poem about the grief that one man feels over his lost love. It doesn't have a mummy in it, does it? Oh, God, no. Good. It starts like this. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volumes of forgotten lore, while well, I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. It was the kids trick-or-treating. I can't believe that's such a big to-do now. Tell them to go away. We're out of candy. Guys. Sorry. <clears throat> as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Ah, uh, distinctly I remember it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore. Nameless here forevermore. Wait, who's Lenore? I've never met a Lenore that I ever liked. Oh, my mother-in-law's named Lenore. I rest my case. Anyway, the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me. Filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating. Shouldn't repeat yourself. I stood repeating. Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is, and nothing more. Is this visitor a visitor like your friends you meet at the park kind of visitor? Crazus. Who knew this poet was such a perv? Presently, my soul grew stronger. Hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or madam, very open-minded. 
Truly, your forgiveness I implore, but the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I open wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Is that it? No, but I was waiting for one of you to interrupt me again. Not yet. Carry on. Evermore. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there, wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortals ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Something tells me it's nothing. It's never nothing. Not when it could be something. Open here I flung the shutter, when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped the stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he. Not a minute stopped or stayed he, but, with mien of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched, and sat, and nothing more. Did you say phallus? Sure sounded like he did. Phallus? No, no, palace, palace. The Greek goddess, Pallas Athena. It, it represents wisdom that the raven disrupts. It sounds like phallus. Pallas. Whatever you say. Then, <clears throat> then, this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou art sure no craven, I said. Ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore, quoth the raven. Never more. Wait, the bird can talk? Yeah, that's kind of the point. Pay attention. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly. Though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore, for we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird upon his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured bust upon his chamber door, with such a name as Nevermore. That was the bird's name? The raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust. <laughs> he said bust. Spoke only that one word. As if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing further than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, Other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by the reply so aptly spoken. Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store. Caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, 
Straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door, then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking, what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl, whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press, ah, nevermore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer swung by seraphim, whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch! I cried. Thy God hath lent thee by these angels he hath sent thee. Respite, respite, and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven. Nevermore. Prophet, said I. Thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil. Whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there bomb in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Prophet, said I, Thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore, clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign in parting, bird or fiend. I shrieked, upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. And the raven, Never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. So that bird is just following this guy around and annoying him? To this very day, taunting the narrator that he'll never be reunited with his lost love, mocking his grief, making him go mad, and maybe... Why doesn't he just shoot it? Huh? The bird. Why doesn't he just shoot the bird if it's so annoying? Yeah, or throw like a big rock at it. That's what I do. Oh, you're missing the point. This is a classic work of supernatural horror. The agony, the pain, the grief. We know. Part of the fun is watching you get all worked up. Oh, forget you two. It was good, though. I liked it. 
You want to hear something really scary? What's that? Christmas is only eight weeks away! Well, that is scary. Hey, Dash. Yeah. Hey, buddy. What? Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween! You've been listening to Dash, the Halloween special. Starring Peter Zielinski, Sarah Luciano, Jay Mazzola, Thomas Robert Irvin, Christopher Tolomeo, Shana Massad, Kathy Mostek, Lee Jacobs, and Carlos Giga. Written and directed by Dave Ebersole. Sound design by Mick Laurel. Music by Christopher Tolomeo and Mick Laurel. Dash created by Dave Ebersole and Delia Gable. Until next time, I'm Jim Diamond. Thank you for listening. And happy Halloween. <laughs>